You're listening to Sunday Reflections on Gripped. So this is uh, this is the gospel um, for the for the fifth week of Lent, and it is uh, I suppose it's really getting close to Jesus uh, of that the fact that we celebrate the entrance into Jerusalem, which comes the Sunday after. And this gospel is a, a little bit harder, I think, um, to reflect upon than than other ones. Uh, it's a little bit more abstract. First of all, we have uh, first of all we have. Greeks coming to Jesus. Now, this is interesting from the point of view that uh, while there were Greek uh, people, or let's say non 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 Israelites, uh, non Jews who who came to the temple. I mean, there's all even those who were converting to Judaism, uh, but it wouldn't be the norm. I mean, normally it would be uh, the Jews themselves. So um, they come and they approach Philip, who came from Bethsaida in Galilee, and put this question to him, uh, Sir. We would like to see Jesus. And the reason we don't know, and it doesn't go into uh, much, and, and Philip goes with uh, Andrew and they go to Jesus, and, and Jesus doesn't really give a reply. And that's why I think it's a little bit of an, an interesting gospel um, to kind of to look at. But the first thing is, I suppose, it's really this fact that they come and we like to see Jesus. Now, we don't know the reason, we don't know what and why. Did they hear about him? Did they have a specific request? Did they, you know, somebody was very sick or, or what is the reason? But, I mean, it is the central question. Can I see Jesus? I mean, seeing is not really, I suppose, a, 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 a good, a solid way of getting to know somebody. Where do you live is what they asked uh, the, the first disciples at the beginning of the whole story. So, um can we see Jesus and they come to him? Now, Jesus is then uh, becoming a little bit uh, more philosophical in his answer. Um, now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you most solemnly, unless a wheat of grain falls on the ground and dies, it remains only a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. Now, I don't know exactly what that is meant as a reply, and I, I didn't really figure it out. But... Um, I suppose it is it is an interesting concept that we uh, this element that comes often I mean often naturally Jesus uses kind of uh, ways of speaking that could be understood by the people um, so using farming terms and in terms of, of the countryside because most people would live in the countryside um, that uh, this this idea that a grain has to die first before it sprouts up and, re- and and yields a rich harvest. It's a theme he comes back and back to again. So also that uh, that he has to die so that we can all have eternal life. But I mean, it is an important thing for us as well that we need to kind of die to a certain extent uh, to ourselves, uh, die to our selfishness, um, die to the things that separate us from communion and. Um, there, there can be many things and it's personal for each person uh, but it is good to reflect upon what is actually bringing us close together with people or what is is more separating um, us from them so what what fosters communion with with others but especially with God because if we if we can say say like let your will be done and let uh, let you take charge of my life and guide me let me live a life that is according to the commandments and has an integrity let your will be done then god will take uh, take charge and and uh, with the openness of heart and to the sacraments and receiving grace our lives will change there's no doubt about it 
I know, I mean, we can say like, oh, well, there's, there's, there's definitely Christians who are not good example. But I mean, there's also very good Christians who are very good examples. And, um, and we should become one of those, really to be an example. And it's also good to, to, to realize that by doing that, this is not, um, and I think that's, that, that, well, at least that was what I was thinking before. I mean, it is not like, okay, we have to do this because we need to do this, because we're told to do this, because otherwise, I mean, we don't go to heaven or whatever. The important thing to do this is because it transforms us. And it's not because via self-help uh, make us be better people by pretending to be kind of people. No, it is because if we allow God to do it, supernaturally he will change us and will actually go in virtue. So if you have people who really do good, it's because it is two possibilities. I suppose they pretend to do good, but usually people don't keep that up uh, if it's not genuine. But I suppose it's more uh, supposed to be they become good. And by by the yeah by transforming they become uh, good people, and um, and that transformation happens to the grace that God gives us. So to allow that uh, that self I suppose wanted to be in control of everything, to yield it and die that the the new life may sprout up, which is the life we have in Christ, the life of grace and the life that transforms. Anyone who loves this his life loses it. Anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it for the eternal life. Now, I don't think it has to necessarily be hating it, but I mean, not to cling to it. Sometimes it's easy to kind of cling to the things in this world um, and wanting to hold on to it. But I mean, we need to have a certain amount of freedom and that with that freedom also comes peace, I think. Because we know and we have that hope and that glimpse already of the eternal life to come. So if a man serves me, he must follow me. Wherever I am, my servant will be there too. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. And now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this very reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So Jesus does come, become very philosophical. And, um, but I think that is the important gist of it. It is, becomes more mystical. But we have to kind of enter into that. And I suppose that is what we do during Lent. We kind of open our hearts. We make sacrifices to make space for God. Uh, and to a certain extent to die to ourselves and to allow God. And to really, uh, yeah, just slowly to um, to allow him to take more control of our lives and to take over. I think that is the, the important thing. And that then is dying to ourselves, dying to the world. Um, and not clinging to the things we have here but to kind of use the things and enjoy the things that come our way, but then allow God to take charge and allow God to be in charge and to transform our life. When the voice came from heaven, I've glorified it and I will glorify it again. The people standing by who heard this said, it was a clap of thunder, or others said, it was an angel speaking to him. But Jesus answered, it was not for my sake that this voice came, but for yours. So God does help us. He does give us signs and, and wonders. And I mean, there's so many around, uh, so many documented in the course of well, the centuries. But um, if we have eyes to see, we can see it. And if we have the energy and the will to research it, we can. I mean, God does give us a sign. He shows us uh, that he is there. But it is up to us to open our hearts. Uh, and to to allow his will to be done in our lives and to really taste, I suppose already the foretaste of the joys that will come in heaven. Mm -hmm.